0: What's well, so up, guys? It's the Blue Buds coming back at you with another episode. We have a very special guest joining us today on the podcast. We are joined by Don Munson, the voice of the Clemson Tigers, and I just want to say thank you for joining us, Don.
1: Absolutely. Glad to be with you.
0: Yeah, so uh, just to get right into it, uh, this, you know – What's your opinion on, you know, this most recent team in Clemson football, you know, got all the way to the national championship, fell just short. Do you think this team was missing a vital piece of uh, of the puzzle, or do they just run into a buzzsaw that was LSU this year?
1: Oh, no, I don't think that this Clemson team was, was missing anything. Uh, and, no, kudos to, to LSU. I mean, uh, they were the better team that night. That, that, I don't think that you can – that you can see that Clemson had some opportunities early on, uh, the first couple of drives where they got inside the 30 yard line and came away with no points. In a national championship game, you can't do that. You've got to come away uh, with points. You know that uh, opportunities in the second half uh, as well. A dropped interception that maybe could have turned that could have turned the tide a little bit because that was right after Clemson had closed it to a three point game at 28-25. Uh, so there there were some things that were out there, but. But, no, you, you can't discount what LSU uh, did. They, uh, they were fantastic uh, in the game and, and certainly deserve to be national champs.
2: Yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, uh, another question I have kind of following that one up. So after Clemson's loss in, these, in this year's national championship, um, you know, I've been talking to a couple of Clemson fans, and they've been, they've been preaching one thing and one thing only, and that's determination for next season. How determined would you say this Clemson team is next year to get back into this national title race uh, and to get into it, not only to get into it, but to win it next year?
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, even though it's not a team goal, all right, you, you can't, you will never find anywhere uh, in Davos Sweeney's football building where it says win the national championship, that's not a team goal. Right. Right. So let make sure you know that first and foremost, but, it's still where they want to end up. I mean, they they want to be back in the college football playoff. They want an opportunity to to have the opportunity to play for a national championship. The only way you can do that is by being one of those top four seeds. You don't have to be one, but you have to be either two, three, or four uh, to to be able to, to do that. So, uh, it'll be a little bit of a driving factor, I think. But uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be as much as say it was with. Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Pearl, and that ilk uh, that won the national championship two years ago. Now, I think that was definitely a driving factor for that team. I don't get the sense, though, that this year's team, that that will be necessarily a driving, that you know, the chief driving factor. But for those guys that came back, the reason they came back was to win a national championship, Absolutely. even though it wasn't a team goal.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, just been so impressed with just the culture Davos Sweeney's built. And, you know, you you keep talking about these different teams, you know, from last year to this next year. I mean, you've been involved with Clemson Athletics since early 90s, mid-90s. Um, and, I mean, you've seen, you know, all these football teams come through Clemson. I mean, which team that you've covered has, in your opinion, been the best team in Clemson history football-wise?
1: You know, people ask that question of me all the time, and and I don't have an answer for you uh, to, to to say that. I mean, I really don't, uh, because I, I think that there are arguments for for all of them. now. I now I doesn't mean I don't. I think obviously the the first national championship uh, against in Tampa against Alabama, actually Clemson's second national championship. Obviously, they won in '81, but uh, that game from an excitement value. I, I don't know that you could top that. I mean, it was it was incredible. You know, Clemson's down early in the game. They battle back. Um, you know, obviously take the lead midway through the fourth. Alabama drives right back, grabs the lead back, and then there it is with two oh seven left in the contest. And you know what's what is going to happen? Deshaun Watson really had not been tested to that vein where he had to drive a team. You know, with that little time on on the on the clock, and either get a tying field goal to force overtime or find a way to get into the end zone for the win. And obviously he does it with a second left to, to Hunter Renfro. Um, so from that aspect, you know, I would go with, with that team, but from just a satisfying deal and seeing a team go 15 and zero for the first time in the modern era. And now obviously LSU just did it again. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic that there's back to back 15 and zero teams, uh, I think, but, but it was just tremendously satisfying the national championship win in Santa Clara because there wasn't many that, that gave Clemson a chance. So that Alabama team was being called the greatest of all time. <laughs> uh, and, and Clemson went in there and I mean, just dominated them. just absolutely. And I can tell you to a man, everybody, inside the Clemson program felt like that they were the better team going into that game. Uh, And they felt like that they could win by double digits. Now I don't know that anybody thought that they were going to run 44 16 uh, the way that they did, but I mean, it was, it was just a dominating uh, performance over, over Alabama. And, you know, one of the reasons that that after that game, you know, Sweeney said, Hey, you've got to call us now the best ever. And obviously that didn't happen. Uh, there was you know, a lot of a lot of second guessing that was going on, and, and there maybe were some maybe were some folks that were sloughing off Alabama and saying, "Oh, they were tired," and you know that's all baloney. Uh, that's, they would, believe me. They, they nobody was tired going in into that game. But uh, from from that ilk, I would say that that, that national championship team in, in Santa Clara, as far as just being the most satisfying, was was the top.
3: Oh, I agree. I mean, just watching that. I mean, the first team, like you said, in the modern era to go fifteen and zero. I mean. That's outstanding, obviously, uh, which kind of leads me to my next question. So outside of these national championship games, was, was there any point maybe in the playoff or maybe in the regular season that made you sit back um, and say, wow, this team is good. Like they're the real deal.
1: Uh, you're talking about from this past year?
3: Yeah, let's go with 2018.
1: With, with 2018? Oh, I, I think there, was, there were some moments, you know, through through all of that. You know, surprisingly, I would tell you, uh, the the close call they had at North Carolina, uh, and but they figured out a way to win that game. In years past, that had been a game that Clemson had lost, uh, but right. they figured out a way to win that to win that game. Uh, so uh, I would tell you that, that was that was one of those aha moments. And then of course after that, they just killed people. I mean, it was games weren't even close. They they went to an open week, and then they came back and just you know just started this run that was that was spectacular the semifinal game though against Ohio State certainly was another one of those was moments because first and foremost that Ohio State team was was much better I think than anybody on the Clemson campus really realized to be perfectly honest with you including yours truly here talking to you right right now (laughs) that that Ohio State team was awesome they were really and they came out with a in my mind, with a plan of, all right, let's come out, let's be really physical with, with Clemson. Let's bang them around a little bit, and let's see how they react to it. And, you know, they had Clemson reeling. I mean, they, they really did. Clemson was was reeling in, in that contest. But then ETN makes little stiff arm and then cut back run to get him on the board. Obviously, uh, Trevor takes off and goes on the long touchdown run right before the half. Those things happened, and then all of a sudden, you had this sense of okay, you know, here, here we go. And uh, the second half, you know, was was exactly that. And um, it was it was a it was one of the most physical contests that I have been around since Clemson Auburn at Auburn in 2010, the year that Cam Newton's team won oh, won yeah. the whole thing. That that game back in 2010 uh, there in Jordan Hare. Was just a tremendously physical ball game. But this, that game against Ohio State, it, I think then Clemson was very fortunate also to have the extra time to be able to prepare for, for LSU because I can tell you they needed it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that Ohio State game will go down as one of the best games in history, in my opinion. And, well, and you know,
1: it had a little bit of everything. You know, it had, mm-hmm. you know, from, you know, it had controversy, uh, it had, you know, it had star power. To it. it had a, a true blue blood of, of college football in, in Ohio State. I don't think that Clemson's to that blue blood status uh, as of yet. And they got a chance maybe to to make their mark there, but they're going to have another decade uh, of really good football, I think, to be cons- considered among that. And really, I think that blue bloods have already been determined, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know that Clemson will ever crack the, the blue blood um you know, segment of, of, of college football. But that, that game had everything. Uh, It had everything in it. And it was, it was a ton of fun to, to watch. It was a ton of fun to call.
0: Right. For sure. And, you know, you talked about being a blue blood and establishing Clemson. I mean, can you kind of speak on what Dabo Sweeney really means to this community, to this university and like, How has he done what he has done with this program? Because Clemson did have a national championship before he got here, but Dabo Sweeney has taken this program to just heights that I don't think any of us ever saw coming.
1: Well, I'll I'll throw some stats at you. First and foremost, prior to Coach Sweeney, Clemson had had 11 10-win seasons in their history. All right, so they started playing football here in 1896. Uh, obviously, Coach Sweeney takes over midway through the 08 season. So prior to that, eleven ten win season. Seven of those now came under the belt of Danny Ford uh, during the, the you know during the '80s and into '90. Uh, so uh, there was that there was that run there where where Clemson football was really really good. Obviously, Coach Ford leads them to a national championship in '81, but they were dominant in the in the decade of of the '80s. Won eighty seven games in the 1980s and you know today's uh, if you're if you're under 40 I don't know that you understand the importance of winning 87 games over a 10-year period because back in those days there were only 11 regular season games played and then you played one bowl game and that was it so you got 12 games not like today where you're where you're playing 15 games uh, in a season if you're going all the way to play for a national championship game so Sweeney takes over uh, and in within 24 hours he's already made changes to the program that in the first 24 hours of him being there still have lasting effects to this day Uh, and have had effects to this day that have rippled across the athletic department, across campus and dare I say across the state uh, that have, you could just tell that right away uh, this was going to guy that was going to leave his thumbprint on not just Clemson football, but he was going to leave his thumbprint on Clemson University in a in a very very special way. So, an ACC championship in two thousand and eleven. Uh, then uh, they they come back, and they get blown out. I mean, they got just killed by West Virginia, but he didn't let it set him back. I mean, he just he just didn't let him set him. You give up seventy points to to West Virginia, and he he didn't let it affect him. Comes back in in twelve, they don't win a. They don't win an ACC championship, but they still make it to a Chick-fil-A Bowl and beat a better team in LSU uh, by a point field goal right at the end of the game by Chandler Catanzaro, uh, 25-24. And that's the game that I think that Coach Sweeney – well, as a matter of fact, I know Coach Sweeney points to. That was the moment in time where he felt like, all right, this program has now really turned a corner and we're about to you know, get it after it. So 13 we're back in the Orange Bowl. Just two years prior, you know, we get blown out by 70, and Coach Sweeney said in the post-game com- uh, press conference afterwards that, hey, this was the first time that Clemson had been here since 81 playing in an Orange Bowl. It's not going to be long before we're back. They're back two years later, and they beat Ohio State, uh, beat Urban Meyer and Ohio State 40-35. to 35. Um, You know, then then they move along in 14, don't have a great year, uh, but st- but still able to uh, – to, to take Oklahoma to task, uh, beat them forty to six. So now you can kind of get the sense of where I'm going. And not only are they winning ten games in a season, but now they're all they're now beginning to beat some of the blue bloods uh, in in college football, and not in 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 most instances, not beating them by a little, but just actually spanking them uh, and sending them home. And so it's it has just kind of continued. They, they obviously they play for uh, a national championship in 15, play for it in 16, 17, get knocked out uh, in a in a Sugar Bowl by Alabama, come back in 18, and now 19. Uh, you know, it's it's been amazing this run that is that they're on. They're 69 and five in the last five years. Nobody else has a has a better record in college football than Clemson University. And who would have thought that? I you know I throw that stat out to you, and I bet you most. 80%, 90% of those listening had no idea that Clemson had the best record in the in the last five years, but that's where he's taken and turned this program to, uh, and he's done it in a manner that is kind of, to be honest with you, is the envy of a lot of other coaches. You know, when he, when he took over the program midway through the 08 season, he was called into a, a board of trustees meeting, and the board guys were saying, you know, listen, we just we just want you to go out and build a program like texas like michigan like like alabama and he stopped in mid-sentence and he said gentlemen that's not my vision for what clemson football should be my vision is that i want them to say we need to be like clemson and it wasn't long ago that the head coach of texas said you know what we need to be like clemson and you've heard uh, the, the head man at michigan say we need to be more more like clemson and now you you have a lot of uh, a lot of coaches now, they're saying that they're starting to pattern their, their ways after what we're doing here in this small little town in the upstate of South Carolina that sits on a lake, uh, And but we're getting it done.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Davo Sweeney is easily, outside of you know me being an Auburn fan because I'm a graduate, I mean, Dabo <laughs> Sweeney is, has to be hands down, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in college football history. And if he... Yeah, I'm just saying if he, if he comes out and wins another national championship this year and probably collects more than just this year in the future, I mean, he you have to mention him in the same breath as Nick Saban, Bear Bryant, uh, Joe Paterno, all these legendary coaches from college football history.
1: Well, I can tell you, people think they've seen the best of Clemson football. I'm telling you, you haven't. You haven't seen the best of what this program is going to offer up. Uh, believe me, the best when Coach Sweeney's Favorite saying is, the best is yet to come. And he absolutely means it, and he absolutely believes it. And now he has is, he is talked about here in recent weeks of, of making this the roaring 20s, uh, as he calls it. And, and the roaring 20s for Clemson football needs to be not just the best decade in Clemson football history, but he wants it to be the best decade in college football history. And when he has said things like that, they have usually come to fruition. Like, I'll take you back to 2010. That's a year that Clemson goes six and seven. They lose in the Meineke Carter Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina, to South Florida to end the season at six and seven. And he walks into the press conference afterwards, and he looked at the, the media corps that was there, and he said, listen, this did not end the way that we wanted. The season did not go uh, the way that we wanted it. He just played for an ACC championship the year before in 2009. And he said, all right, here we are with a losing record. But I'm telling you, I've seen things with my guys and in this program that tell me we are about to embark on the greatest decade in Clemson football history. Now, nobody in that room believed what he was saying. And probably uh, there were, and I would even say there probably very few in the building, uh, inside that Clemson football building, kind of believed what, what he was saying, what he was preaching, what he was trying to sell. But as I just told you, the greatest decade had been 87 wins. So he goes through the decade now here of of the 2010s, and he breaks that 87 record mark back in two years ago. And I mean, it's, it's incredible what he's been able to do. Uh, and I, whatever he says now, I believe him. And he is exactly <laughs> yeah. what you see. He is exactly what you see. There's very little ego to him he's he's the most positive guy that you will ever be around uh he wears his faith on his sleeve and that that again guys people don't like hearing this but i'm just telling you that's another big factor in all of this uh is is the way that he goes about living his life and not ashamed uh, of what he believes and not ashamed to say what he believes why he believes it and then goes out and lives it
0: absolutely sure i mean and that has to help in recruiting and you know, to move toward, uh, players, you know, who, who he did recruit. We've already kind of highlighted Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Um, a lot of people would consider Deshaun Watson, the best player in Clemson football history, but Trevor Lawrence is entering his junior year now has two national championship appearances. One, his first as a true freshman over probably, like you said, an Alabama team that was touted as the best in college football history. would you already put Trevor Lawrence ahead of Deshaun Watson in terms of ranking the, their careers? And if you wouldn't get, what does, what does Trevor need to do these next, this next year or these next two years to really submit himself as the greatest Clemson player?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know that he's, that he has ascended Deshaun yet. I, I would say the two of them are certainly neck and neck uh, from that standpoint. And then, but the thing that now that he has the opportunity to do to separate him from Deshaun is is go out and, and win a national championship here uh, in in 2020 and right now they're the odds on favorite to to do just that I mean Clemson returns a, a ton they return a ton particularly over on the offensive side uh, they've got some they got some new pieces that will come in defensively that are going to come in and play right away through the recruiting uh, through the recruiting value um, that, that they have but but Trevor right now, I think that what he really needs needs to do is is just do the little things. He, he needs to forget about the big things and just take care of the little things because when you start taking care of all those little things and they start piling up and they become a big thing. And so that's, that's what he has to do. He's a great leader. I mean, he really is a great leader. Obviously, his talent is just shocking at times to see what, what he does. And, the thing that I really like about him, and I, I've told several people this, is that I've never seen Trevor take a step back. Even even in the national championship game that was was just played, uh, you know, people will say, well, okay, well, that was a that was a step back. Not the way that he handled it, to be perfectly honest with you, afterwards. He even though he was very disappointed, very disappointed in, in his performance and what happened. But if you could have seen him in the locker room with all the guys, and he actually went individually to each and every guy and talked with them in in the locker room, he, he was able to take what was a negative and he turned it into a positive. So it's even then he took a step forward. Um, And that's, that's been the thing that, that is, that has so impressed me uh, about Trevor and was also one of the things that just being around Deshaun that you saw him do all the time. I, you know, even, Deshaun goes down with the with the ACL injury at Georgia Tech. And even in that instance, he didn't let it affect him. He, he comes back a couple of weeks later, they brace the knee up and he leads him to a to a victory over South Carolina uh in in the state championship game and he's diving into the end zone and, and things like that. So uh that that's where those two are are, are very, very similar from that standpoint, but, but Trevor has a chance to separate himself. Then go on and win another national championship. Hey, you win two national championships in three years, then you, then you're going to be considered, you know, among the, the best of the best.
3: Absolutely. And I mean, not only would he be winning two national championships in three years, he would go down with, you know, one, maybe two losses in his, in his entire college career. And that is just, I mean, unheard of.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, I'll admit to you, it's, it's a little, it is a little sick. And I have my buddies that call me, you know, that I went to high school with and college with and friends here in the area. You know, every now and then we'll, they'll just call me or we'll be at lunch together and they'll look at me and say, do you? Th-? And I, I just stop them right there. I said, I understand. Uh, you know, that, that's, what, that's why I tell people all the time. I've got the best job on the Clemson campus right now because they pay me to go watch this stuff. They pay me uh, to be there and call calling this stuff. And it's, it is, it's, it's incredible. What, what I am witnessing is, is history. Uh, and I think that I need to, you know, at times, even I'll turn 58 next week. And at times, even at, at this age, i pinch myself and gosh, is this, is this real? This isn't a dream. And, but I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. I'm, I, you know, my job now is not to screw it up. I told my wife they, they announced, you know, the way they do schedules now. We're going to play Oklahoma in 35 and 36. I'll be 72 and 73. If I can make it there, I will consider it a success.
3: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Sounds like a sweet gig. Uh, yeah. but, but speaking of Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, we, we've heard it. Uh, we've all heard the takes. There's a number of people that are urging him to sit out this next season to avoid injury and focus yeah, more on his future in the NFL. No, and, that's
1: that's 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 just idiocy, is what that is. That's that's, that's right. just somebody putting something on paper or on a website to generate hits. That that's all that is. <laughs> we need he's, more clicks. Yeah, so. yeah. He's he's not he's not even thinking about doing that. Nor should he do that. Uh, nor should any player uh, do no. that. Yeah, that, that's, that's part of the brotherhood that's within the locker room. You know, if you have somebody that's going to do that, that's, that's going to quit on the team, uh, that, that can, then no, 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 no. You, that, that tells you all about that person character to, uh, to begin with. And that's just, that, that's just a waste of time.
3: I mean, you hear about, I mean, all the players that sit out their bowl games and how much flack they get for that. I mean, could you imagine a player sitting out an entire season
1: yeah, now I I almost understand sitting out a bowl game. To sit considering, you know, maybe you know, obviously, there, no one's going to sit out a playoff game. No, no. one's going to, you know, no one's going to do that. But like, no one's going to sit out a conference championship game uh, either. But I, I can, I understand, you know, for, for somebody maybe sitting out a bowl game. I really do. I understand that. But no one's going to sit out a season. Uh, you know, I, that 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 is too individual. That's, that's too much me. And I understand there's no I in team, but there is an M and an E in team. <laughs> yes. uh, so I understand that. But, uh, you know, the, the, that's to sit out a season would be, would just be lunacy. And I, I don't see how that would be profitable. Because all, the other thing you have to understand, these guys are marketing themselves. And particularly now with, with what looks like the new NCA agreement is going to be these guys can now start profiting off of their image. And that kind of stuff, then you're telling me about the by sitting out? No, uh uh-uh. You gotta be as marketable as you possibly can. And the way that you become the best marketable guy is to go out, do your job, do it in a way that reflects in a good light, make good decisions, don't make bad decisions, make good decisions, and win. You wanna know why Clemson's why Clemson is packing them in the in the stadium? Because they're winning. And that's, you know, you don't win. I've seen it when Clemson hasn't won, and it's not a pretty sight.
0: Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I mean, uh, you hear a lot of news about how stadiums are trying to come or programs are trying to get fans in the seats by uh, creating, like, different um, events during the game and things. But like you said, I think the the sole solution to that is to go out there and win because – if you are out there winning national championships, regardless if you're, you know, Auburn with an eighty thousand person stadium, Clemson with um, their stadium, which is similar to Auburn's, or your Alabama or LSU with over a hundred thousand, you're selling that out if you're winning national championships.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, you you've got to be playing winning football. If you if you're not playing winning football, then then you're not going to generate revenue, and thus the reason that coaches get let go after maybe just two years into a contract. Uh, I mean, it, it is, it's a business, whether we like to say it or not, it is a business. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that therefore depend upon. You, you asked me back at the beginning of this, what does Dabo Sweeney mean? Dabo Sweeney economically means, <laughs> he means hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to, to this area. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Uh, just because there's 80,000 people in our stadium, and when we have, like when Auburn, when you all were here for when, when Auburn came to town, well, there was probably 120,000 people that were here for that game. 40,000 of them were just outside the stadium just to be here for the atmosphere and to tailgate and enjoy the family or enjoy friends and sit out there and watch it on their televisions. And then when the game is over, everybody get back together, let's discuss it. Let's invite the opponent in. You know, we'll we'll share a, a favorite beverage and a and a wing and some cake and that kind of stuff. But what he means economically is you, you can't put a mark on that. He is he's paid $9.3 million a year and he's a bargain. The way I always describe this is say that you were say you're the top guy at your stock broker. All right. You're the you're the top stockbroker in New York. How much money do you think you're generating? for for your business, you're generating billions of dollars probably, hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, if you're paid at 10%, if your commission is 10%, you're a bargain. You're an absolute bargain. Believe me, Coach Sweeney is an absolute bargain uh, with with what he does and what he generates for other people other than, just, other than just Clemson University.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And moving into this next season, you know uh, our listeners – probably are more sec fans than anything so can you that's okay you come
1: over from the dark side anytime
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you guys keep winning we're gonna have to but um can you let our you know listeners know what's one under the radar player that people aren't talking about because everyone knows about trevor lawrence everyone knows about xavier (laughs) thomas and travis etienne but what is one under the radar player that people should be looking for this coming fall
1: well, I, I think that the guy I'm going to mention, obviously, he, he played a ton for us this freshman year, and that's Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis is a defensive tackle, and I realize that defensive tackles don't get a lot of love. I mean, I, I understand that. But but Tyler Davis is, is the kind of guy that, uh, that he can be a dominant-type player uh, in college football. And also, I think even on the next level, I think he's – so just going into his sophomore season, he's a guy that um, – he gets in your face quarterbacks hate it when they get pressure coming in their face. And Tyler Davis is a guy that can do that. Tyler Davis is a guy that is going to be out there and he's going to play just about every down. You're not going to have to take him out of, uh, of the lineup in situations. You can play him in every down. Uh, so that, that would be the guy I would, I would tell you to, to really, and then, so that's on, on the defensive side of the ball. And then I would tell you Jackson Carmen, the left tackle. And again, I'm talking about something that doesn't get a whole lot of a whole lot of pub, but I'm just telling you, Jackson Carman at left tackle, he's a guy that has the blind side of of Trevor Lawrence. He believe he is a valuable piece uh, to the puzzle of what they can do. He's a great pass blocker. He's a really good run blocker uh, as well. And so both of those guys probably are are probably a little bit overlooked on this Clemson team as as. Uh, as it concerns their value to what Clemson does,
3: right for sure. Um, so I have another question about uh, this 20, or I guess this 2020 Clemson team, uh, especially regarding the defense and more specifically the secondary. So we see players like Tanner Muse, Isaiah Simmons, and Kayvon Wallace moving on from Clemson, uh, yep. going to the draft. What is uh, you know, like like we mentioned before, most of our audience are SEC fans, so we don't really know a lot about. Clemson's future plans but what are their plans to replace these players in their secondary
1: well they do have pieces of the puzzle uh, that they that they're going to be able to insert and some of them were freshmen this year and and played you know meaningful snaps not a ton of not a ton of snaps Nolan Turner's one of those guys Kevin Turner's son who of course played at Alabama and unfortunately passed away from uh, ALS Lou Gehrig's disease uh, a couple of years back but but Nolan's going to be certainly one of those guys that's going to be counted upon back at the safety position uh, Nolan's played a ton of football for us over the last couple of years and obviously had the big interception against Ohio State um, you know to kind of seal a the deal there in, in the semifinal game uh, in the Fiesta Bowl so he's he's one of the guys there's uh, another guy by the name of uh, Lennon Sanders who you don't you know, I mean you, you probably have zero idea when I mention that name who this guy is. Not even a little bit. Uh, he he played special teams. He got some time at uh, at safety as well uh, this past year. He's got the Palomalo hair, uh, okay. so he's got this he's got this long flow that that comes out uh, the back. But he's he is a guy that is very physical, very fast, uh, and has good coverage skills, which is everything that you want uh, back there at one of those safety positions. So. From a safety position, that's that's certainly Darian Kendrick. At he's back at at one of the corner spots. He was a guy that was playing wide receiver, uh, you know, less than a year ago. Actually, if this was about the time that they start that they started thinking about flipping him over uh, to DB was was at this point last year. And actually, he went through the spring playing both wide receiver and DB, and then they moved him full time over uh, to to do to defensive back. Uh, so he's he's a guy, and then. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at that other corner position, uh, at least from a starting role uh, is, is concerned. There's a kid named Mario Goodrich who, who played a little bit for us this, this year and at, 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 that could take over that corner spot. Andrew Booth uh, is a guy that, that probably also will, will be in the mix at, at that corner spot. But what you'll see Clemson do early on in the season, and this is kind of something that Coach Sweeney has done now the last several years, is that We'll get into that month of September, and he's going to play bodies now. He's he's going to play a ton of people. As a matter of fact, I mean, we what this year we played 105 in one game and 111 in another game. I um, mean, it was just it was stupid. You're trying to keep up with it as a play-by-play guy. Thank goodness I go to practice every day, so I know <laughs> who most of these guys are without having to look at my at my uh, spotting chart. Uh, but that's you know, there we have. I've gone, you, you travel with 72 guys to a league game. And there have been several occasions where they played 70 or more, or, or at times all 72 guys that they traveled with uh, to, to a league game. He's, he's going to do that, and he does it, one, because the kids earn it in practice. They earn the right to play uh, in a game. And two is to build competitive depth. And I think that's one of the things that really has helped Clemson as they've hit the month of November, or the, what Coach Sweeney calls the championship phase of the season, they hit November, going to December, January, hopefully, is that they have tremendous depth, and they're not just two deep, they're three deep at a lot of positions, if not every position uh, on the field. And so that that's, that's one thing you can certainly look for uh, in the month of September coming in 2020 that, that, that Coach Sweeney is going to do, both offensively and defensively.
0: Right, and so to get back to the defense, uh, I'm sure you knew this question was coming. We have to talk about Brent Venables and just <laughs> the impact he's had. Sure. When w- when do you think he is going to take his opportunity to be a head coach, or do you think he's actually going to take that opportunity? And how much credit do you give him for helping Davo Sweeney build this program? Well,
1: oh, I give him a ton of credit. You know, Brent shows up here uh, in 2000, and well, the 2000 Let's see. Uh, Chad Morris came in 2011, so Brent came here for the 2012 season uh, is, is when he was first here. And you could tell that right from the, right from the start that, that he that won. at that time, remember back in 2012 when he came here, a lot of defensive coordinators were complaining about having to play against the spread. Venables never said a word about it. He just took it on as the challenge that this that this is where it was going. This is what you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to make adjustments uh, to to what you, your defensive philosophy. Not just you know year to year, but you're going to have to do it in game. He's he's one of the greatest that I have seen making in game adjustments. Um, I mean, he's, he's remarkable at what he does. You get him, you get him to the locker room, and more often than not, now you go back and you look at the second half numbers for Clemson, particularly like the last five years. The second half defensive numbers for Clemson are, are just lunacy uh, the way that they shut down teams because he he gets a feel for you and he makes adjustments and, and away he goes. Now, how long is he going to stay here? He's going to stay here a while. He's got both of his sons playing for him. He's, he's <laughs> not going to leave. And one of them, Tyler, has just signed with us. He he just has begun his, his Clemson career. He's one of the early enrollees that, that came in in January. So he's here and he's he's going to be here for a while so you know he's not going to leave at least for another 4 years would, would be my guess and then here's the other thing of it that that you all don't know and probably most people don't know he has two young daughters who are younger than Jake and Tyler uh, they're they're just preteen guys or preteen okay. girls I should say they're they're preteens and then his wife Julie but but those three girls right there those three females in the household They love living in Clemson, South Carolina. And for him, just as a husband and as a father, to walk into a household and say, I'm uprooting you and we're moving on to another job, believe me, that would not carry well in the Venables household. That (laughs) That would just not go over well at all. Now, Julie would support it. The girls would be broken hearted. Julie would very much support that. Don't get me wrong; she she's going to support everything that that Brent wants to do, and the girls obviously would would come all would come along as as well. But um, I don't know that, and I just don't know that Brent wants to. He loves it here. He's paid well. They're winning. He's getting recruits in. He's getting players in here that you know. Even if he went and started his own program, it's going to take him a while to get that caliber of player that's that's going to come to him unless he. He goes to, you know, to Oklahoma or someplace like that, where he can recruit that, that Ray, uh, right away. But I, I just don't see Brent leaving here anytime soon. And and that's just going to now be a, a continuous question now is, is, you know, how long is, is Brent Bittable going to stay? I don't know the answer to that. Um, and I don't know that he knows the answer to that to be perfectly honest with you.
0: Right. Right. And, And I mean, just to kind of, so then uh, we'll try to get this wrapped up. we got a handful of questions, but kind of want to shift the focus to your uh, career. So can you kind of speak on what Clemson means to you and what it's meant for your career and (laughs) just your experience um, at this university?
1: Well, Clemson means everything uh, to me. It really does. So Clemson, um, I came here, my first broadcast for Clemson was in the fall of 94. I was, all I was doing was the post-game stuff on the on the radio network. The folks that ran the Clemson network heard me do a game in 1993, a football game in 1993. Uh, they heard me do it and they actually called me and asked me if I would be interested in coming to work for Clemson. And so I said, heck, yeah, I was living in Hendersonville, North Carolina at that time, which is just right over the border uh, from Clemson. So the flagship station at that time was in Greenville. So it was less than an hour drive for me to, to come back and forth, so um, that's where I started in, in 94, and I mean, it, it's it's been everything that I could possibly, you know, one, I went to Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina, graduated from there in, in 1984, got a job at a, as a sports director for the local radio station there in Boone, North Carolina, um, just a couple, about a month after I graduated from college, was fortunate enough to start doing high school sports, did uh, play-by-play for App State basketball in the winter of that 84-85 season, started doing football for them, was a play-by-play voice there at App until 1991. Um, and so that that gave me a good – but I, had, I was 20-something. I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any clue as, as to what uh, I was doing. Made all kinds of mistakes, uh, you know. It made just horrible decisions with, uh, with, with some stuff, but still it, it taught me it it was, it's not, not going to run away from, from that period because it was a learning experience for me and it helped me grow. And then coming to work for Clemson, the exact same thing. I'm now, I'm in my, my early thirties and, you know, I'm learning how to learn what this business is all about doing, doing things. And actually guys, to be honest with you, when I, I went to work for Coach Sweeney in 2010 because of our relationship. He hired me on as part of his support staff, uh, and I worked for him from 2010 to 14. It wasn't until we hired a new athletic director, Dan Radikovich, came on board that I made the switch over to doing football, uh, play-by-play for, for football, and became the director of broadcasting at, at Clemson. And then I was just doing football and baseball at that time. I wasn't even doing the basketball. Now I'm, Now I'm doing it all. And so even there, I've, I've gone through a growth process. And I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. When you're in your 50s, you don't think that you think your time is, has passed by you. But if it wasn't because of relationships, it wasn't because of being in the right place at the right time and being able to show what I could do to the right people, then I, I wouldn't be in this spot where I, where I am today. And I'm truly blessed by God to have what I consider to be the best job in, in college athletics right now, from an announcing standpoint, to be honest with you, I don't. I don't think that anybody has a, a better situation than what I have. I work for the university, which has its own advantages uh, from that standpoint, and it's a it's a great life. I mean, it's a wonderful life. But it took me thirty years to get there. It took me thirty years uh, to get there. So it's it's a long. It was a long ride, but. Worth every bit of it, both the ups and the downs.
0: Right, for sure. I mean, uh, I can, uh, it, it seems like an amazing job. And it's a, like you said earlier, it's a great time to be involved with Clemson football. And, you know, looking back on your career, do you have, so outside of the national championships, is there one specific game that you would just consider the highlight of your career that you just enjoyed calling more than any of the others?
1: Well, this is going to surprise you, but I'm, I'm going to take you back to, uh, Back to a game in 2010, it was baseball. Uh, right. Clemson was playing Oral Roberts in a Super Regional. It was game number one of the best of three series against, against Oral Roberts. Clemson uh, held a, uh, let's see, held a 7-4 lead going to the top of the ninth. And coming out of the top of the ninth, they trailed 8-7. And so Clemson loaded the bases up, one out. Uh, Tyler Colvin, who went on and played in the, in the major leagues, left-handed hitter came to the plate on a 0-1 pitch uh, or a 1-1 pitch. I'm trying to think of maybe it was 1-1 hit one out for a, for a grand slam. Now, the reason that that was so important to me, and again, this is taking it back to relationships because I'm just telling you, and I know both of you are young and in college and stuff like that. Relationships are everything in life. It's, it's, What made this moment so special to me was a relationship. And the the reason it was so special to me was because I had my father sitting on my left side of me. My mother was sitting on the right-hand side of me in the broadcast booth. It was the only time in my broadcasting career that I had both my mother and my father in the broadcast booth with me. Um, My father would end up passing away two years later. And I'm just telling you, I've got a great picture of the three of us in the booth. Uh, from from that thing, that's the moment that of everything, of everything that I've ever done, that's the moment that stands out the most to me in, in my broadcast career. Was because one of the excitement of the situation, but to have my parents there side by side with me made it even that much better. Made it a thousand times better.
3: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so this is going to be my last question um, of the interview. So you hear all kinds of folks talk about Clemson being one of the greatest venues in college football in college athletics, period, really. Um, right. Zach and I are from SC country. So obviously we're biased on this one and a majority of our listeners are as well, but what is it about a Clemson game day experience that separates it from the rest?
1: Well, it starts early uh, that the other, that the part of it is just the tailgating atmosphere that we enjoy at Clemson. Uh, so, you know, say we have a three thirty game, right? I'll just throw a three 30 game out there. It's, you know, Good start time, you know, really for everybody. Uh, They'll open up the the lots at 6 o'clock in the morning. Clemson has over 15,000 placard reserved parking spots on campus. Oh, wow. 15,000. Most typical SEC places have maybe 1,200 to 1,500. Maybe. Yeah, you can't find a
3: parking spot, period.
1: Yeah, Auburn is a free-for-all. You better be there on Thursday. Show up to your spot, and you better be there to claim it uh, at that. But that's not the way it is at Clemson. And because it's placard and because it's reserved, it's also generational. So you have great-grandparents that are there with their great-grandchildren and family that have been always parking in the same spot, always sitting in the same seats in this. And so that means that all the rest of the people that are around them, tailgating-wise and also in the stadium, they know. I mean it's 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 like this that's the the thing about that's why there's this Clemson family hashtag that is out there and and coach Sweeney talks about Clemson family that's that's a huge part of it all right so it starts right there then obviously you know you get in the stadium and there's you know it seats 80,000 so it's not the biggest but it is in the, in the bowl it's in the low spot of campus so it's in this bowl and it holds the noise and uh the noise in there is just is just a tremendous and then you have this you have this entrance where you know they you can see the team come out of the tunnel but they turn away from the field they go and get on buses and ride around the top of, of the hill at Death Valley and come rub Howard's Rock that's been there since the, the late sixties and come running down the fire the cannon that started back in the in the forties or fifties. They fire this this small cannon that's a shotgun shell, basically, is, is what it is. They fire that cannon, and the, the team comes spilling down the hill, and as Brent Musburger said, it's the most exciting 25 seconds in all of college football. There's not a better entrance in all of college football than that entrance right there. I mean, it makes the hair on your arms stand up. and I mean, it just gives you – I mean, it's, it's incredible to, to watch that. Um, and then the game takes place. And then, then, then the game happens. And if you're Clemson football here recently, you're winning at home. I mean, you're, you're just not losing. You're you're winning at home. So that that the fun's in the winning. That that's the other part of that. The fun is is in the winning. And then after it's all over, people spill out and they don't leave. They stay there and tailgate for another two or three hours. And if you're the opposition, they'll invite you on in. Come on in. Let's sit down with us. Let's discuss the game. They do that prior to the game. And they do that after the game. Um, so it's it's special. I mean, it, it really is. If, you if you've not been to Clemson, it should be your bucket list item. It should definitely be on your bucket list to, to go and do. There's, there's things on my – you know, I haven't been to LSU for a night game. I'm going to get the opportunity because Clemson and LSU are going to be playing coming up here in, in the not-too-distant future. Oh, yeah. Uh, I get to go to Notre Dame this coming season. to go see a, a football game at Notre Dame uh, in, in early November, November the 7th. Uh, of this of this fall so there are some things i get to to check off my list and those so i'm i'm like all the rest of you there's there's places that i want to go and places that i want to see but i i get the privilege at least for you know half of my season to show up to one of the great spots in college football oh
3: yeah and i'll be honest with you i got i got chills just hearing you describe the entrance (laughs) right then that (laughs) was
0: it's wild I mean, I will vouch. I have one more question, but before I get to it, um, uh, uh, you can ask anyone. I went with a group of friends from Auburn in 2016 to, uh, as you said, like as we talked about before we started recording, it was an amazing atmosphere. And I remember I got set up with a tailgate right outside the stadium. I mean, they had like a big Clemson like fire truck and everything like that, and I tailgated, we got there probably 9 a.m., and the game didn't kick off till like 6 p.m. or something like that, it was like a night game, and we tailgated with them all day, they fed us, they treated us good, gave us tours, uh, pretty much made the whole experience worth it, and uh, you are not lying, that entrance is one of a kind, and I'm biased because of the eagle flight, but there's nothing like being at Clemson, coming down the hill, as sundown's coming. And to this day, I've been to Death Valley, LSU. I've been to Clemson. I've been to Georgia. I've been to Ole Miss. I've been to Florida. I've been to a lot of stadiums. And Clemson, by far, has been the loudest stadium I've ever been to in my life.
1: It's it's fun. That, that place, when it gets rocking and rolling now, it's uh, it gets deafening. Uh, so, But it is the true Death Valley now. Uh, my, my, <laughs> my friends at LSU – my friends at LSU. Obviously, Clemson's moniker came uh, from uh, it, you know started back in the fifties. LSU didn't earn, earn that moniker until sometime in the sixties. And actually, they called LSU's place Death Valley because of you know because you couldn't hear. So it didn't become Death Valley. I, my my guess is it became Death Valley because of the Cajun accent. Uh, <laughs> Death Valley. So uh, they they can't lay, they can't lay claim to. They can't claim to be in the original Death Valley.
0: Man, so I guess you must have been reading my mind. That was my that was my last question about your opinion on the Death Valley debate. So instead, it's February. We have like six, seven months till the season kicks off. Can you give us your way, way, way too early prediction for this Clemson team this year?
1: Well, they're going to be really good, uh, and I expect <laughs> them to be. I expect them to be back in back in the national championship hunt again, uh, unless there's. Something catastrophic happens with injuries. Uh, I expect Clemson to be, to be right back there. I mean, uh, the schedule sets up, I think, extraordinarily well for them. They, like I said, they, they do have the trip where they have to go to Notre Dame that, that will be in early November that everybody's going to circle uh, on the calendar. Uh, the ACC is actually going to be a little bit better than, than folks anticipate this coming year. Uh, it, did, it was not good last year. I'll be the first to admit it. It was not a great conference uh, last year. Uh, but I think when you look at the overall schedule, I think that things do set up pretty well uh, for for Clemson. They they'll have the opportunity to 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 hopefully run the table again and and be undefeated, go to an ACC championship game, and get to thirteen and zero, and then have an opportunity to to go play for uh, for a national championship uh, somewhere along the line. Going through a, but I I expect them to be right back in the playoffs. And I'll be honest with you, I'll be shocked if they're not in Miami uh, again to play for for yet another national championship. That's that's just where I think this program is. It's the kind of talent that I think that is here. It's the coaching that it also is here. But it's also the mindset, and it's kind of ingrained into the program, to be perfectly honest with you at this point in
0: time. Right. Well, we are definitely going to be working to get credentials to Miami. So if Clemson's there, <laughs> we'll, uh, expect a text from me, because we would love to have you back on the show to talk the national championship. Absolutely. But we appreciate you coming on we, you gave us a lot of your time, way more than we ever expected. Uh, so is there anything you want to plug social media, any podcast shows, anything that you want to talk about?
1: No, I, I am on social media, but I don't, I don't plug myself. My, my social media account probably is, is not, uh, the most exciting in the world probably for, uh, <laughs> uh especially if you're a college student, your, uh, my, mine's more about faith and, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff uh, on my faith and family and, and certainly Clemson Athletics is, is what my social media account is, is, is all about. But uh, I, would, I would tell both of you, one first and first foremost, y'all are doing the, the right thing if this is what you want to go into. If you want to go into a broadcast career right now, you're doing something that's, that you think is big. In essence, it's, it's, it's one of the little things though that you're doing that's going to give you a step up and a step ahead uh, of everybody else uh, as as you're doing this. Broadcasting, media, whatever it might be, social media, you don't have to be behind the mic. You don't have to be in front of a camera. There's all kinds of things that you can do from a broadcasting standpoint, journalism standpoint, and you can make a great living and get to go to some great places uh, to, to, to do all of this. So kudos to both of you guys uh, for doing this. You're, you're making your way now. And it's going to be fun for me. Now we have a relationship. This is, this is what I go back to this. This is the beginning of our relationship. I'll be on again with you all. And at some point in time, I'm going to meet you all face to face. Uh, And it's it's going to be fun. I'll follow you all. And hopefully you'll, you'll follow an old man for the rest of his career Uh, and, you know, and see what's good. But, uh, but anytime that you need something, I'll be there for you. I'm always, always either an email or a phone call away. Uh, and anything that I can do to help you all out, be more than happy to do it. Let's well,
0: definitely, sure. appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you so it. much. Definitely appreciate it. But um, so, guys, that is um, a wrap on this episode. We appreciate Don. For Wait a minute. I got us. one question
1: for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's go. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Why Blue Bloods? I mean, what, what is that? You know, why Blue Bloods? How did you all come up with the name Blue Bloods?
3: Zach, that was you, man. Let's Let's hear it. it
0: it was. So we uh, when we started this podcast. We've been wanting to start this podcast uh, for a while now. Me and Brandon have known each other since fourth grade. So uh, we've talked about this. There's been long nights back in high school where we were talking about doing this and we just never got to step on it. We got caught up with other things. So we decided to start it this past August and... The hardest part, to be honest with you, was finding a name uh, We <laughs> wanted to, we wanted to make it football relevant because we wanted we wanted to start out college football, but we hoped to expand to other sports eventually, but we wanted to focus on college football, so we looked through you know a bunch of just different names and we saw a bunch of people had different plays and formations and all kind of stuff like that and it just hit me I was reading art actually I was reading an article. And they were talking about, actually, it's going to be funny, if Clemson counted as a blue blood program. <laughs> and I was like, you know, blue, the blue bloods would be awesome. because, was like that's unique to college football. It's, it's all about being excellent. And if we're going to start a podcast, me and Brandon don't do anything, you know, half-stepping. We want to be the best at what we do, and we were going to make this successful regardless. So I thought it would be a great name to go with it. After some searching, there was no college football podcast under the name Blue Blood. So we ran with it. And, you know, we're about to enter our second season of production. We've thanks, and we've grown tremendously thanks to people like you giving us a time of day and actually responding to, you know, an email of someone who might not have, you know, the credentials of someone from like ESPN or, you know, a real radio station. So uh, you guys get a lot of the credit. But yeah, we just, going to keep going. And it just hit me one day reading the article and and we got lucky enough that it was available. So we're um, in the process of making all that, you know, getting our name out there more.
3: Yeah. I think that I had an idea. Like I was like, let's be like the fourth and forever podcast or like the Flea flicker. It it was, it was like cliches. Like I'm pretty sure my Google history was just the corniest thing in the entire
1: world that night. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love it. See, that's what I'm talking about. Relationships all the way back to fourth grade. See, that's that's exactly what I'm, I'm just telling you guys, you're going to meet more and more and more people and you're going to find out just how great they have been in your life. That's so true to me. And you're just going to find it that you, i you think this is an old guy. Just what's he talking about? I'm just telling you, you have no idea how great relationships are going to help you out that and have a positive attitude about it. Forget, forget the negativity. All right. Don't ever believe any negative word because you can do anything. You all can do anything that you put your mind to and that you want to do. Now, you got to work hard and say it was going to be easy. Uh, you're going to and you're going to face difficulty and you're going to face adversity, but make sure and you're going to fail. I've done that. i fail, failed, but I try to always when I fail, I'm making sure that I fail forward. I don't let it knock me back. Then I'm going to make the best of it and fail forward but i'm just telling you the best is yet to come for you guys you got it right at your fingertips all the best to you and i appreciate you having me on to spread just a little bit of the gospel of the clemson tigers
0: (laughs) yes sir yes sir for sure and we'll be tuning in uh listening to you and i'm actually in the process of trying to get uh credentials for the notre dame clemson game because as we talked about for the podcast my uncle my, my uncle is going to be going so I'm going to try to get tickets for that so if I if I get to see you there I'll definitely uh meet up with you then
1: good luck it's it's a, I don't know if you've seen ticket prices but it, it's already <laughs> it's already you know just I mean kickoff time is set 7 30 on mm-hmm. NBC on November the 7th It's one of the few things that we know is going to be true in fact uh for the, the, the coming football season but it should be a lot of fun and I hope that we do see you there Okay
0: for sure for sure thank you for uh thank you for coming on and everything and uh for right now guys we're out